This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Indeed, the Word of God is living and effective, sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating even between soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and able to discern reflections and thoughts of the heart. Yes, the Word of God is living and effective today in my life and in yours. And that's the very reason why I'm offering this weekly podcast where I reflect upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. So now, please join me on Faith Moments with Dina Marie as we break open the Word of God together, inviting His Word to change our lives forever. Welcome to Faith Moments, a weekly podcast to proclaim and to ponder the Sunday Mass readings. Well, Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. As we continue in this month of January, we have officially this week closing the Christmas season on the Feast of the Baptism of the Lord. You know, it was pointed out to me from Father Emmanuel that the Feast of the Nativity, the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, we recognize uh, Jesus coming in the flesh. He is born in the flesh. And then today in our scripture, we will hear about the baptism of Jesus Christ. As a man, he is baptized in the spirit. And so we open the season of light, the season of hope, the season of new life with Jesus being born in flesh his body. And then we close this time of Christmas with this recognition of Jesus being born in the spirit and the importance of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And that closes our season. And I think those truths then guide us into what we call ordinary time or this time where we count the the, the weeks in the year and continue to ponder on the truth of Jesus Christ. I'd like to open today's gathering with this particular prayer, it's Mary Help of Christians. And uh, I was over the Advent to Christmas season. I found a book on Advent to Christmas. This is simply a book of prayers for all occasions. And it came from the Basilica of the National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception in Washington, D.C. And there's just beautiful prayers in here. And since we do honor Our Lady Mother of God in the beginning of January, I thought certainly it's an appropriate time for us in the new year and looking at just new beginnings to ask for Our Lady Mary to help all Christians. So please pray with me together this prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Most holy and immaculate virgin, help of Christians, mother of the church, we place ourselves under your motherly protection. We promise to be faithful to our Christian vocation and to work for the greater glory of God and the salvation of our souls and of those entrusted to us. With faith in your intercession, we pray for the church, for our family and friends, for youth, especially those most in need. You were St. Bosco's teacher. Show us how to imitate his virtues, especially his union with God his chastity, humility, and poverty, his love for work and his temperance, his goodness and total giving of self to others. 
his loyalty to the Holy Father and to the church. Grant, O Mary, help of Christians, the graces in which we stand in need. May we serve God with the fidelity and generosity until death. Help us and our dear ones to attain the boundless joy of being forever with our Father in heaven. Amen. Mary, help of Christians, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us gather together in our readings. There are two different options. So if you went to Mass this weekend, you might have heard uh, a different version from Isaiah or a different second reading, but I'm going to choose the first reading today, the first option for reading one. It comes from Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1 through 5 and 9 through 11. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Comfort. Give comfort to my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her service is at an end. Her guilt is expiated. Indeed, she has received from the hand of the Lord double for all her sins. A voice cries out, In the desert, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the wasteland a highway for our God. Every valley shall be filled in. Every mountain and hill shall be made low. The rugged land shall be made a plain. The rough country, a broad valley. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all people shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Go up on to a high mountain, Zion, herald of glad tidings. Cry out at the top of your voice. Jerusalem, herald of good news, fear not to cry out and say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. Here comes with power the Lord God, who rules by his strong arm. Here is his reward with him, his recompense before him. Like a shepherd, he feeds his flock. In his arms, he gathers the lambs, carrying them in his bosom and leading the ewes with care. The word of the Lord. Our responsorial psalm, uh, there are again two options, Psalm 104 or Psalm 29. I'm going to choose Psalm 104. Oh, bless the Lord, my soul. Oh, Lord, my God, you are great indeed. You are clothed with majesty and glory robed in light as with a cloak. You have spread out the heavens like a tent cloth. O bless the Lord, my soul. You have constructed your palace upon the waters. You make the clouds your chariot. You travel on the wings of the wind. You make the wind your messengers and flaming fire your ministers. O bless the Lord, my soul. How manifold are your works, O Lord. In wisdom, you have wrought them all. The earth is full of your creatures, the sea also great and wide, in which are schools without number of living things, both small and great. O bless the Lord, my soul. If you take away their breath, they perish and return to the dust. When you send forth your spirit, they are created and you renew the face of the earth. Oh, bless the Lord, my soul. They look to you to give them food in good time, 
When you give it to them, they gather it. When you open your hand, they are filled with good things. Oh, bless the Lord, my soul. Our second reading, one option is from the Acts of the Apostles. I'd like to choose the reading from the letter of St. Paul to Titus, verse, uh, chapter 2, verses 11 through 14, and chapter 3, verses 4 through 7. Beloved, the grace of God has appeared, saving all and training us to reject godless ways and worldly desires and to live temperately, justly, and devoutly in this age as we await the blessed hope, the appearance of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to deliver us from all lawlessness and to cleanse for himself a people as his own, eager to do what is good. When the kindness and generation, when the kindness and generous love of God, our Savior, appeared, not because of any righteous deeds we had done, but because of his mercy, he saved us through the bath of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he richly poured out on us through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that we might be justified by his grace and become heirs in hope of eternal life. The word of the Lord. Our gospel reading comes from the gospel of Luke, chapter 3, verses 15 and 16, and 21 through 22. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. The people were filled with expectation, and all were asking in their hearts whether John might be the Christ. John answered them, saying, I am baptizing you with water, but one mightier than I is coming. I am not worthy to loosen the thongs of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. After all the people had been baptized, and Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. As we begin reflecting on this feast, the baptism of the Lord, the official close to the season of Christmas and the scriptures of both Isaiah and we hear a writing from St. Paul and we hear a perspective written from the Gospel of Luke on this account of the baptism. I think about the value of reading and rereading scripture. And one of the reasons that I was I felt really called to do this particular podcast and have this opportunity. It really challenged me to just give me an opportunity to look at the readings for each Sunday a little bit more thoroughly, a little bit more closely, to hear them proclaimed a few different times and to read them myself, and then to hear different reflections from various pastors around the world 
particularly that I have been following over these past few months of, of listening to their perspective, to their insights on scripture, to their insights in how the Lord is working in my life. And so I hope this is a an, an inspiration, a, a challenge to each and every hearer or viewer to continue to look deeper in scripture, to listen to the word of God working in your life. And that every time we read and ponder scripture, it becomes new. It might open up a a new opportunity for us to learn just in proclaiming right now, once again, a few phrases popped out of the page. And, you know, I believe part of the Holy Spirit wants to communicate to us through the reading of scripture. So, going into this a little bit. Oh, there's so many things to look at, but let's just, I want to reflect a little bit on Isaiah 40. And if you listen to the first part, comfort, give comfort to my people, I was listening to a recording of Handel's Messiah. And of course, Isaiah, the scriptures of Isaiah come through in a lot of the music that is performed in Messiah and comfort, give comfort to my people is one of them. And it's just as you listen to that and you listen to the prophet Isaiah continually wanting to comfort the people who are under such distress in their lives. And indeed, she has received from the hand of the Lord double for all her sins. But then what happens? A voice cries out in the desert, make way. Uh, the Lord, prepare the way of the Lord. We we think of who comes to mind, I hope, is John the Baptist, who is the, the final, the final prophet to make the way for the Lord, that he is that final prophet who will lead people into Jesus Christ, make straight in the wasteland a highway for our God. There's this beautiful sense of all things will be set right with the coming of the Messiah. Uh, I love this Jerusalem herald of good news. And it continues on to give us the sense of such comfort and protection and leadership, like a shepherd, he feeds his flock in the arms. He gathers his lambs. I hope that you just feel the glory of the Lord, the presence of the Lord, the comfort that God gives us as our creator and as our father, that he for all times is here to comfort us, to carry us, to gather us, and to lead us with care. And that's just such a comforting message that I've sensed from this scripture of uh, Isaiah. And I just would encourage you that if you have an opportunity to listen to Handel's Messiah, Just beautiful to hear scripture and song, prayer presented in such a beautiful way. We are given such a gift and the gift of music and particularly Handel's Messiah. And this is just a beautiful time to reflect on the words of the prophet, reminding us of God's goodness and God's mercy. In the psalm, Oh, bless the Lord, my soul. I underlined a lot of different words here, but what really came to me was 
how great the Lord is and his majesty. In the Christmas season, we talk about the divinity, obviously, and how the manifestations of God have come to humanity through the birth of Jesus Christ, as I reflected at the opening of this program, that he is born in flesh, that we see him now in the birth or nativity of Jesus. And here in this psalm, it's reminding us of the majesty, the glory, you are great indeed, and then that God is the God of all things. You have constructed your palace upon the waters. You make the winds your messengers. You know that our God controls all things, all creatures, the air, the water, the universe, the planets, everything that we can conceive of. God made, and he is the master of how manifold are your works, O Lord. It says, they look to you to give them food in due time. All creation, all the nations really hunger for the Lord. That really the only true sustenance in our world craves all different kinds of food it can be food from luxury from money from fame from technology from appreciation or accolades but really down deep in our hearts the food that we truly need to nourish us comes from the lord and then at the close of this particular psalm when you send forth your spirit we think about what we're going to hear in the baptism of the Lord. The spirit comes over the waters. They are created. You know, we are created and that spirit forms us and you renew the face of the earth. This is the beginning of something new with the Holy Spirit. If you take away their breath, they perish and return to dust. When you send forth your spirit, Listen to how life-giving the spirit is. God is the creator. He is the father. He is the giver. He is the provider. He is the origin of all things. As we come to a close of the Christmas season and we begin a new chapter of our lives, counting a calendar, 2022, know the continuity of God. Know the magnific magnificence of God so that we don't have doubts or go to despair or are in the darkness, that we will always be in light when we know these truths. St. Paul, in his letter to Titus, I think it's beautiful that he gives us a little bit of a lesson plan. And certainly if you're looking at things that you're going to, we talk about New Year's resolutions or things we're going to do better or learn or enhance or things we're going to get rid of in our lives. Certainly there's things that we need to purge from our lives. There's things that we need to let go of in our lives. Uh, we need to be able to let go of things that lead us to sin, let go of things that lead us to um, dissension or division. And we need to um, embrace those things that lead us to the virtues of God. And so here's a great list of things that we can be working on, uh, training us, you know, through the grace of God, as St. Paul is writing, that God has appeared 
Here we see in the flesh through his nativity. Now we're going to see through the baptism, through the spirit, training us to reject godless ways. Well, that's pretty much rejecting the world and the worldly ways that we see every day in the headlines and in the marketing and the media. Uh, Those are godless ways. And so St. Paul is reminding us we are to reject godless ways and worldly desires and to live how temperately, justly, devoutly in this age, but also that we are not just living in this age, but we're preparing for the blessed hope, the appearance of the glory of our great God, you know, for eternal life. And, and here he's giving this, uh, an explanation. He gave himself for us to deliver us from all lawlessness and to cleanse for himself. See, we need to be cleansed. We need to be purified. We need to be perfect in order to be with God as a people, as his own. We should have a heart eager to do good. What is true, what is holy, what is beautiful, that should be in our hearts. We're set apart as children of God and the close of this particular reading so that we might be justified by his grace and become heirs in hope of eternal life. And so again, we have a heritage with the Lord and a hope of eternal life. And here's the beautiful story. Here's the beautiful account, the beautiful manifestation. You know, we've seen the manifestation through the birth of Jesus, through the recognition by the Gentiles, the holy magi or the magi who recognized the Messiah through this tiny baby. They recognized the prophecy was coming true in the birth of Jesus Christ, this manifestation of Jesus. And now we see the Holy Spirit is yet again, there's two words that come out in this particular account of the baptism. And that is there's a vision and there's a voice in the baptism of Jesus Christ. And so there are three different gospels that cover in some way or make an account of the baptism of Jesus by John the Baptist. And so this year we hear from St. Luke and St. Luke has a few different pieces that he puts into this particular gospel and this account. And of course, he's showing us that John is baptizing. He is always telling the people who may think John is the Messiah. No, I'm not the Messiah. He's always denying that he is not the Messiah or denying that he is the Messiah, but saying, no, I'm here to prepare the way that somebody mightier will bring about the spirit and fire. So he's always pointing people towards the Messiah, towards Jesus, Just like Our Lady, the Blessed Mother, we don't stop with Our Lady. Our Lady takes us to Jesus Christ. Her role is to lead us into a life with Jesus Christ. It doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop with John the Baptist. And John the Baptist, it would be the first one to say, no, I'm I'm helping you to get to the Messiah. And we we notice a few things here that I want to point out that just 
I think I, I realized more in this reading this year is that Jesus was being baptized with all the rest of the people. So he was part of the crowd. Certainly he was recognized among the crowd as this Jesus of Nazareth that people had been talking about or maybe hearing about in their particular area. But he also was baptized with the people. And then it points out, St. Luke says that he was praying. So after Jesus and all of the others who were there that day had been baptized and Jesus was praying, then like this incredible event happened. Heaven was opened. I don't know how that happened. I don't know what that looked like. The door opened from the sky. No, but heaven, somehow heaven was opened. And the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form, which makes me think people had to have been able to see this. It was in a form that could be recognized by the human eye, like a dove, it says, whether it looked like a bird or there was some sort of a a figure to it, I don't know, but that there was something visible that could be seen, a vision, a vision came at this event we call the baptism of the Lord. So the vision happened, something was seen from the human eye, and then something was heard, a voice, and a voice came from heaven. Well, that has to be from God. And this is what the voice said, you are my beloved son. So there is this declaration of truth that comes from God, the creator himself, to Jesus, the son of God, the Messiah, who was born of a Virgin Mary 33 years ago, 30 years prior. And there is this voice that declares a truth. You are my beloved son. You are the son of God. And with you, I am well pleased. Wow. Out of the water came this vision and came this voice in an affirmation of who Jesus is. Now, a lot of people have talked about, you know, why would Jesus be baptized? Isn't he uh, completely God and divine? So he wouldn't need to be baptized per se, like we do, who are born in original sin. And so there are three interesting points that were made by uh, at least one of the priests I heard this weekend. And so three of the different reasons we can say Jesus was baptized and we see this account and it's a very important account in the life of Christ and the life of Christians is while Jesus didn't need to be baptized, these are some of the things that he did through this baptism is number one, he purified those waters. So once he became baptized in the waters for all time, those waters are sanctified. They're put aside for us. They are there. They're purified now that he's blessed the waters and prepared the way for us to be baptized. So when the waters are, are purified and it's not just those waters at that time in the Jordan river. Now, some of you myself included, have had the chance to put your feet in the Jordan River and to be in those waters. And it's it's quite the experience to be with a pilgrimage group of people at uh, the Holy Land and to walk in those particular waters. 
and to recall our baptismal promises. And that's part of what we really as Christians and as disciples of Jesus Christ should do is, well, what is it to be a Christian? What are the vows and the baptismal promises that I make in my baptism? And so the waters are cleansed. That's number one, that Jesus cleanses those waters, all of the waters. And if you think about it, if any of you have been to the Easter Vigil Mass, the Saturday Vigil before Easter Sunday, it's the most incredible Mass of, I believe, the entire year. And one of the things that happens before the baptism of those people who will be baptized on Easter Vigil is that the priest takes the the candle, the Easter candle that has already been blessed, the 2022 candle, and he will dip that candle into the waters with some prayers to, to purify or to cleanse or to bless those waters that will be used for baptism. And if you've never been to Easter Vigil, I don't know why you haven't, but, but make, make a commitment I will go to one of the churches, my own home parish or another parish I will go to or or the, the cathedral in my diocese or archdiocese, and I will go to the Easter Vigil and watch those waters be purified with our priest in that holy Easter candle. It's a powerful symbol of the purification of the waters. So number one, Jesus purifies the water in his being baptized. Number two, he leaves an example for us. So this is a sacrament. I mean, baptism is our first sacrament of initiation that we become. All of us are creatures of God. Everything that exists was created by God. So we're all created by God, but we only become children of God when we have the baptism when we have that true baptism in the water, in the particular rites, in the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, then we become children, disciples of God, brothers and sisters, sons and daughters of God, only through that baptismal rite. And so Jesus is giving us an example. This is what I want you to do. This is what I've done. I've purified. I've made the way. And so now we have the sacrament of baptism. And then finally, Jesus, this is his preparation for his ministry. We see the, the first miracle, and this will come up next week in the scriptures. We'll have the wedding feast at Cana, where Jesus has his first miracle publicly uh, with the changing of water into wine. Here we have in the baptism of Jesus, this declaration, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. So now a new, this is what Father Paul said. I love this. A new age is dawning. Something radically new is dawning with this baptism. We see Jesus is praying. Anytime that something important, a big decision, going into the desert for 40 days and 40 nights to be tempted by the devil, Jesus prays. Jesus goes to the mountaintop to pray. Jesus prays in the Garden of Gethsemane before the passion, uh, before his final passion. 
anytime Jesus prays, there's this preparation for something bigger. Here's the next step in my mission in life. Here's this next step as a disciple in Christ for us. And Jesus's mission is just getting started in, in the public and so we see he prays, we see that he's with the people, we see he has blessed the waters, and now he's preparing himself. The God himself, his father has declared, uh, you are mine, and I love you, I'm proud of you. And a new age has dawned in the baptism of the Lord. I think that's such it's such a powerful thought as we are moving into a new year of this new 2022. And we, we look at January and all of the new beginnings that we might be having. And we just think really through the baptism of the Lord, a new age has dawn. And what can I get from that? I think one of the things I can get from that is to listen to those words that the voice said, you are my beloved son. You are mine. With you, I am well pleased. I'm proud of you. Father Mike Schmitz really emphasized those two phrases that I think every human heart wants to hear. You are mine, that we belong, that we're loved unconditionally. We want to know that. And in many cases, there's wounds, there's abuse, there's hurt, there's abandonment, there's discouragement, there's letdown, there's unforgiveness that we don't think that we're loved. We don't think that we are good enough to belong to God. But God says, no, you are mine, period. And then he says, I'm proud of you. Not because you did anything, not because you've accomplished anything, not because you look a certain way, not because you live in a certain place, not because you have a certain kind of job. No, I'm proud of you because you are my beloved son, my beloved daughter. I am proud of you. I think we all need to hear that, that, that our father is proud of us and then he loves us. So those two truths are really two truths that we can take in the ups and downs of daily life, of family life, of financial hardship, of difficulties in our church, difficulties in our culture, in our country today, in our world, with all of the imperfections that we have. You are mine. I am proud of you. And so how has the waters changed you? How have the baptismal waters changed you? And for those of you watching or listening today, have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? How are you? And if so, how are you living out that baptism? Because it's not just one time, oh, I was baptized as an infant, or even if you were baptized as an adult or as a young adult that were guaranteed anything, how is that baptism affecting your actions today? How is that continuing to challenge us to grow stronger in virtue, in justice, in mercy, in love, in hopefulness, in encouragement? How have baptismal waters changed me today? And we continue to grow. This is the hope. This is the, this is the promise is that we will to continue to grow only through the grace of God. 
through the grace of God, we can grow stronger as disciples in Christ. We can share that good news and witness to it in our lives day by day through the grace of God. How do we get that grace of God? Through the sacraments, through scripture, through our good works, through the ways in which we interact with one another, through the ways in which we love and our openness to receiving God's grace through reconciliation and confession, through receiving Christ in the Holy Eucharist, and through reading his holy word and living his holy word out. You are my my beloved son. You are my beloved daughter. With you, I am well pleased. I'm proud of you. Let's continue to embrace this new year, this new age that has dawned, that Christ is alive in our hearts today. Let's embrace this radical new life that we've received through the Holy Spirit and the waters of baptism and to share the fruits of God's holy grace and his love and the Holy Spirit with others each and every day. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever, world without end. Amen. Thanks for joining me today. I encourage you to have a beautiful week. Continue to listen to the good news and the word, and I'll look forward to talking with you again next week. Peace be with you. You have been listening to Faith Moments with Dina Marie, reflections upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. New podcast episodes are released weekly through the generous support of Mater Dei Radio. To learn more about Faith Moments with Dina Marie, visit me online at dinamarie.org. That's dinamarie.org. May you have a blessed week. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.